The Weekly Harvest, an in-depth look at the Brandon Weekings and the WHL. Washman trying to come up with it for Allison. Here's Allison right in front. He scores! Brandon Junior Hockey fans, you've waited two decades for this. In the league's 50th anniversary, your Wheat Kings are the champions. Hey, good week once again. Welcome to episode 56 of the Weekly Harvest Podcast presented by Coors Light, the official beer of the Brandon Wheat Kings. Please drink responsibly. Weekly Harvest, exclusive home of Q Country. You got QCountryFM.ca. Uh, but of course, you could be listening to this podcast in a variety of ways. However you are this week, we do appreciate you tuning on in. My name is Chris Falco. He's Brandon Crow. Crow, how are you this week, buddy? I'm great. Uh, I don't know. You can kind of see in the background playoff hockey going on. I've moved my... I'll be honest with you. Uh, my normal office where I normally do the podcast. Uh, when I came home from Regina from the hub, I had like a couple of big laundry totes full of stuff and I just shoved them into that room and closed the door and I have not touched them since. <laughs> so I've been home for like 30 days and I can't even get to my desk because of all my, my stuff laying around. So that is why I'm coming at you live from my kitchen tonight with my living room behind me because I just couldn't clean up my own mess. But uh, it's playoff time. It's beautiful out. Um, this is the best time of year. That Florida-Tampa game last night was one of the best hockey games I've ever seen on TV. You know what? Uh, it was- All three of those games were very so- entertaining, but that was outrageous. Even right now, I got the game on too. It's Boston and uh, Washington. It's 2-2 at this point. Yeah, still, still two two in the third period. This has been a great. This is one of the best starts to playoff hockey. There's nothing like round one though, when it's back to back to back games. As you get on, you get a little bit of delays in between. Uh, it just kind of loses some of it. But when all the teams are in it and it's like this, it, it's just the most thrilling time of the year. I love it as a hockey fan. How great is fans in the building though? Oh, crow man, to to just feel that and it, like that's that's why I left radio to get into hockey. It was all of a sudden I was spent years in a studio by myself, listening to music, taking calls, having fun, being like interacting. And all of a sudden starting to do stuff for the hockey team being like, Oh, putting on events is a lot of fun. I love the sport of hockey. I love when people get there and it's a big game. All of a sudden just seeing people, uh, the cheering, the, the music, the, it's just, it is awesome. It is, it is good for the heart. It's really saddening then also to see the lack of any fans in any Canadian arena still. It's going to be tough to um, you know, replicate. You just can't compete with that environment. It, it is electric. And, and you know who would have thought in Florida uh, over Canada in round one of the playoffs, it would be the tale of two atmospheres like that. But uh, no, it, it has been, it's been awesome to watch uh, all of those, all of the Southern games. And then funnily enough, in smack down the middle of that, you got the Calgary Vancouver, which is still playing a regular <laughs> season game. And it's like a six to five affair. And Oh, it's just what a weird year. Hey, regular season while playoffs uh, started, I, but I don't know why, like just pack it I in some guys. Tweet. They were like, is anybody actually watching this game? And Craig Button was like, nope. <laughs> and like, of, all, of all the people, like Craig Button, he's like, he, he gets paid to watch hockey. And he was like, no, I'm not even. No, I'm out. So, yeah. Um, how about the American Hockey League, too? And we, I want to touch on that because uh, our guest this week is Kale Clegg of the Ontario Reign, of course, the LA Kings uh, organization. But they are set to start uh, today, when you're listening to this, uh, Tuesday, May 18th, a play in divisional round in the Pacific division only. And why does that excite us? Well, because that division is full of former Wheat Kings. So you got the San Jose Barracuda with Evan Weinger taking on the Tucson Roadrunners with Ben McCartney, who's at a point per game pace now since turning pro. And then you've got Luca Burzan and the Colorado Eagles taking on Kale Clegg and the Ontario Reign. Now the winners of those two games will meet on Wednesday and the winner of that game goes on to take on Henderson, which of course has Yuri Patera, um, and then, of course, all of the Logan Thompson, Vegas, Logan Thompson, Reed Duke, you know, Brady Pahal of the Prince Albert Raiders, all the Western League guys, Jermaine Lowen. Um, and then the other semifinal will be the San Diego Gulls and the Bakersfield Condors. Again, lots of WHL in there. And then they're going to carry on to an actual Pacific Division final, similar to the hub, but uh, single game eliminations, kind of like a minor hockey tournament at like 7 a.m. in Hamiota. You've got like Shoal Lake taking on Griswold. And if you lose, you go home. If you win, you play again later that night. So uh, it's super cool. Uh, and again, we want to uh, wish the best of luck to all these guys, including Ben McCartney. How about this night for former Week Kings? Uh, last oh. night on Sunday, 
Tucson Roadrunners get thumped by the Ontario Reign, 9-4, the final score. But Kale Clegg has three assists, two shots on goal, and was a plus four. And Ben McCartney finishes with two assists, two shots on goal, and a plus one. So it was a Brandon Weeking alumni show um, uh, Sunday night. It depends when you're listening to this, uh, between Ontario and Tucson. So um, playoffs all around, and uh, Ben McCartney has picked up exactly where he's left off. And if he doesn't earn himself an NHL contract out of this, the season he had in the hub, and now with uh, five points in four games, uh, wow. I mean, I'd be shocked if the Arizona Coyotes don't put something in front of him here at the end of the season. It's been a great story to watch. Uh, we'll leave it for the interview to Kale Clegg to talk about his reaction after, after Ben, uh, you know, did that to him there last night. But, uh, no, for, for Ben McCartney to just do what you said, show up in the hub, put up the numbers he did, uh, as a late round NHL draft pick. Arizona in this last draft, because of the way it went, they didn't have a lot of picks. Uh, and then they infamously, you know, signed and then dropped their, their top pick. So out of this last draft, I believe there's only like three eligible, like really draft guys they had. Ben has really shown that, uh, obviously he can play at a pro level. This is both very exciting and scary for Wee King fans because that's a guy that you were expecting to come back next year and be a real big game changer in the league for you. All of a sudden, he might be playing himself into a professional uh, contract, um, and then yeah, and then and then moving on in that system. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, he has had uh, a a heck of a year this year, and he continues to roll. And then you look at what's happening out in Ontario, Crow, and it's a lot of fun for Weeking fans lately to watch uh, the Belleville Senators because that team with Ridley Gregg uh, joining there, uh, he got his first uh, AHL goal, and then you have uh, Cole Reinhardt just the other night who picked up uh, an overtime winner. Uh, those two guys have been lighting the lamp. So you got Weekings all over professional hockey, and uh, we're just talking about the AHL. I mean, of course, the NHL this week is as well uh, with all the playoffs that we just said, but it, it's just all over the place and trying to keep track of it is uh, all almost at times, you know, working for the team, a, a little bit mind numbing. There's so many former week Kings playing a high level professional hockey right now. It's just, uh, it, it's awesome. A lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just the best time of year. And especially it's hard to get into it. Like I'll be honest with you on Sunday or sorry, Saturday when I got, uh, when I got set up to, to start watching the playoffs that night with Boston and, and Washington, it was weird because it was so nice out, you know, like you almost feel guilty a little bit watching hockey in your house with the air conditioning on when you should be outside doing like yard work or something. But Hey, uh, I took the blades off my mower, uh, because I need to get sharpened and replaced. Um, and I'm not in a huge hurry to put them back on because it hasn't rained in like six months. And by the looks of the forecast, it might not rain ever again. So I may never actually need to mow the lawn. So I don't feel overly guilty, uh, watching hockey. So, um, yeah, I, it's great. Uh, there's so much to watch every night. The blue Jays are going to, um, and I know, uh, you know, for hockey fans, uh, there's, there's lots of things uh, on the go, uh, as we get into the summer. But, uh, when we talk about the weekly harvest, we don't have a plan. I know I've had a few fans text me and say, are you guys going all summer long? What are we doing? Uh, I haven't met with the radio station yet to determine, uh, at Q country what our plan is for the summer. We can I know even say past- that, that technically we can let them know that even this episode, contractually we don't yeah, actually just, yeah. had to do we're just we're just throwing this out there. we're just still doing this because we just want to do it we love doing the podcast and we think we should probably keep doing it uh but uh but but yeah like like uh as of right now we're we're just doing this out of the love of it exactly so we'll keep you posted uh if we do take a bit of a summer hiatus uh, which is possible. I mean, you've got two boys and they're doing all sorts of stuff. I want to go and do some more fishing for sure. And you know what? And this podcast, it does take up a lot of kind of weekend hours. If there's a way for yeah. us to do it during the week, um, you don't work it more into some regular hours, make, make it work a little better. That, 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 that could be possible. But the way, yeah, currently is structured the way we kind of do it. it. It does take up a lot of our extra time. And, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, with the, me having the boys and you're right with the summertime, uh, you know, we're talking a little bit off the air, but when you work in hockey, it's a completely different beast as well. I mean, when you're during the season, there's a lot going on. You're giving up a lot of your evenings, a lot of your weekends. Where during the summer, you just want a little bit of that time back so that you can kind of recharge and refresh. So not that this is a whole lot of work, though. That's why we like to still kind of do it because it's kind of fun just catching up and talking, you know, a little Week King hockey we can. And, uh, you know, it's not even all Week King hockey here. We like to just kind of, you know, shoot and do whatever. But the best part about doing the podcast, though, on on like nights like tonight, as late as we do, is so for example at like six o'clock brandy came home and goes 
I'm going to take uh, Howard, our dog. I'm going to take him for a hike through the valley. And I'm looking at the thermometer on the counter. <laughs> I see like 28 degrees. And I was like, you know what? I got to do the podcast. It's so a podcast you night. <laughs> like you guys go on your hike and uh, go and, and do whatever in this scorching heat down in a valley where there won't be an ounce of breeze. And uh, yeah, I'll see you in a couple hours. <laughs> So I'm uh, quite pumped to be doing this tonight, although I'm kind of scared she's going to come barging through the door behind me at some point. But uh, yeah, I, we'll, we'll keep you posted uh, and, and with what we're doing. Um, we've got one more piece of news to get to before we throw it to our interview with Kale Clegg this week. Uh, Doug Gasper makes his first trade as the general manager of the Brandon Wheat Kings, a one-for-one deal, uh, which you haven't seen in a long time due to the pandemic. Uh, Brandon trading goaltender Connor Unger to the Red Deer Rebels. In exchange, they'll get a 19-year-old defenseman, and fans are going to like this. He's six foot five, two hundred and twenty pounds of uh, defenseman. Uh, he played twenty-two games uh, in the shortened season, six points, twenty-six pims. Last year, sixty-one games, one goal, ten points, fifty-seven pims. His career high for pims came back in his last year at midget. He had seventy-six pims in thirty-one games. So. Uh, he's a tough fella. He's a big fella, and he's going to add on the back end. And of course, with Ethan Kruger coming back as a, as a twenty year old overager, uh, you're going to want to develop some younger talent. Brandon's got some young guys in the pipeline, Nick Jones and a couple of others. So uh, gives uh, gives uh, Ungs a chance to to play closer to his hometown. Uh, gives the Red Deer some solid uh, goaltending, and uh, Brandon picks up a, a big defenseman. So what was the mood like today? Did you talk to Doug? Was he excited about the move? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously this is like his first move as general manager. I uh, th- this was one that you got to love the reaction right away from everybody online that that did comment who completely understood that this was just a great hockey trade. The fact that you have that situation that you really believe that Ethan Kruger is going to be obviously the starting goaltender as a 20-year-old. So, you don't want to have Connor Unger here is a 19-year-old playing backup. That's not fair to him. The 19-year-old should be starting in the WHL in that 19-year-old year. He's going to have that opportunity in Red Deer. So you look at Red Deer and they have, uh, you know, some, 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 some defense. And when you look at uh, the Wheat Kings, now, Brayden Schneider going to be turning on to, to, to pro, not saying that Mason Ward is going to be replacing what Brayden Schneider brings, but he's going right. to bring a big veteran presence, though, to that blue line, and he's that right shot defenseman. So you have that six foot five right shot, that big body. I uh, put together that little highlight video uh, on the on the, on the Week King channels that you, you might have seen that uh, had a couple of his goals from this past year, uh, a couple of his assists. Uh, just looks like, again, a big body, looks comfortable with the puck when, when he was dishing it off, uh, has a decent shot. He has been in a couple of fights. We're not allowed to, 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 to share those and put him into those videos anymore. But, uh, if you look up, uh, you know, hockey fights and whatnot, you, you, you can see he definitely brings a physical presence. So I think Weeking fans are really going to like uh, what he brings. Uh, not that he's just a brawler. Don't get the wrong idea when I say that, but I mean, six foot five and, and, and the size he is, uh, he, he definitely plays you know, to plays plays to his size. So, uh, at least from what I've seen. But yeah, no. Um, Doug seemed very happy. I talked to Darren Ritchie today. He was very happy with it. Everybody just seemed to understand. Um, I, I've of course didn't get a chance to talk to either of the players uh, yet. But um, from what I heard, both of them were very excited for the opportunities as well. It's always sad when you you know leave teams and you leave your friends and all the you know billets and everything we talk about, all those relationships. But at the same time, it, it, it is the business of hockey and, uh, you know, people do, do move around and, uh, different opportunities. Now Mason has a chance to experience what it's going to be like to be a Brandon Wee King. And, uh, as we talk about, actually, it's a good lead in with our interview with Kale Clegg, uh, cause uh, at one point we, we do talk about how, you know, looking back after the trade, how during it and, uh, you know, um, all of the emotions that, 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 that come, all of the, all the hardships, uh, with, like we said, leaving everyone and, and having to move and start fresh. But when you look back at it, uh, sometimes it can be some of the best things for both the person and the franchise and kind of give everybody a better perspective. So, uh, we'll kind of get into that a little bit this week, but we decided to go back and not all too far into the, uh, into the weeking history, but a guy who is a big part of the championship franchise. We get into that and more. He is Kale Clegg of the Ontario Reign in the LA King system. This week, episode 56 of the Weekly Harvest. Episode 56 of the Weekly Harvest, presented by 
by Coors Light, the official beer of the Brandon Wheat Kings. And our guest this week, we're heading to the West Coast to chat with former Wheat King and current member of the LA Kings organization, Kale Clegg. And Clegger, I see you've got a hoodie on, which is shocking because it's California. And if it's anything as hot as it is here in Manitoba today, a hoodie is a bad choice. So what's the weather like out there on the West Coast today? Uh, yeah, no, it's actually, you know, it's kind of been gloomy lately. Um, it's been around, you know, 18 to 20 degrees. I mean, that's pretty much what it is every day, but it's been a little gloomy. It's not as, as nice, not as nice as you'd expect. Uh, if, well, it's thir- 30 degrees here today and it is scorching hot. Like, yeah. And it hasn't rained here in like a couple of months. So it is just a desert here in Manitoba. But I want to ask, uh, your hockey season's winding down. You, you're now transitioning into uh, a playoff-type format in the AHL. Mm-hmm. We'll touch on that a little bit later. But now you've got a couple of pro seasons under your belt. Uh, you know, How do you feel you've transitioned? Are you officially uh, comfortable as a pro hockey player now? Yeah, I mean, I think the transition's taken me a little bit of time in the American League. Um, you know, Obviously, this is my third year, and you know, this is kind of the first year that I got you know, a good handful of games um, in the NHL. And, um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I'm comfortable. I think, uh, you know, I think I, I've, you know, shown a lot of what I can do at the American League level. And yeah, I'm just, you know, just still chipping away and trying to get more of a look in the NHL, a more, uh, uh, I guess, a longer look. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, just want to, like you said, we're going into a playoff, little playoff tournament type thing here to finish the season um our division i guess just agreed upon it with the hl and um set up a a little playoff for us to continue playing some games which is good um i think you know my game i've found my game and i'm kind of rolling right now so it's kind of nice to get these you know we're guaranteed one game we have a couple play-ins or whatever but um nice to continue to play and hopefully get on a roll and um yeah Last year, how nice was it, Kale, for you to be named uh, to get to go to the AHL All-Star team in your second year? Yeah, no, that was awesome. And, um, you know, I had two other guys, Martin Furk and Cal Peterson. Uh, obviously, he's up with the Kings now. And Furk, he uh, he was up there and just came down to finish the season just with injuries and whatnot. But um, really nice to do it with those guys. And um, obviously, anytime you get recognized across the league, that's, that's an honor as well. And um, you scored a super yeah. nice goal too in that in that in that shootout. You try to pull off with, old Kucherov. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, I stole stolen out of his book there, and uh, no, it was really fun. It was in our home our home city too, so uh, with the home crowd and stuff, it was it was a lot of fun. A lot so of Canadian Martin kids. Fir- oh, oh, sorry, I was going to say you, you kind of mentioned where it was. A lot of Canadian kids when they hear Ontario rain. They kind of assume that it's in the Ontario province, but kind of tell us where Ontario, California is located. Yeah, so we uh, we live in, I live in Marina del Rey, but we practice out of El Segundo. So that's, um, it's just along the coast, basically. Um, I'm trying to think. It's near Manhattan and Hermosa Beach, um, right by LAX, like the airport kind of thing. And uh, yeah, it, Ontario is about an hour inland from uh, from our practice facility. So, yeah, so there's just have, kind of a lot of little suburbs around, and Ontario is one of them. So you got to drive, like, from your house to the rink on a game day. Like, how far are you driving? It's an, So what, on a normal season, this, this season's a little weird because we've been playing out of our practice facility because there's no fans oh, okay. a lot anyway, and we live out here in L.A. So, But in a normal season, like the last two seasons, um, so on a game day, we go to Toyota, um, the practice facility, here in El Segundo, uh, have morning skate and then we'll drive right after morning skate to a hotel in Ontario. Cause it's about an hour drive because of traffic and stuff. And so we'll go to a hotel in Ontario, have pregame meal nap at the hotel and then go play the game and then drive home after the game. So, so it's, it's not like, it's not your traditional set like home game setup. It's like it you're back in the dump again. Feels- you got a little What's road that? trip. It's like it's like you're playing back in the dub again. You got a little road trip after your games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh it's not I mean it's not ideal, but you know, there's pros and cons, you know, being able to live out in Los Angeles um instead of, you know, Ontario. I mean, nothing against Ontario, but we're just close to the water in LA and stuff. So, um that's obviously really nice for days off and whatnot, but 
yeah, I mean, it's fine. You kind of get used to it. It's the travel is kind of sucks, but you get used to it. Now, when you got drafted by the LA Kings, I said to, at the time, uh, head coach Dave Anning, I said, there's no better team for Kale Clegg to go to personality wise than somewhere out in California and the LA Kings. And, you know, the way you kind of have your personality, you're kind of that, uh, you, you're up and you're hip and with it, as the uh, young kids say, when it comes to your clothing style and everything you, you pull off personality wise. So I always thought it'd be funny, like picturing you walking into like a city like Hartford, like Braden Schneider, where it's like a blue collar working town with yeah, yeah, yeah. clothes that wouldn't fit in. So do you feel like you're a, a West Coast kid at heart, despite being from, you know, central Canada? Yeah, I mean, being here, three, this is my third year now. It's kind of starting to feel like home. Um, obviously, it's a culture shock and just a bit of an adjustment. Go, I mean, I grew up in a smaller town, basically similar to Brandon. I mean, Brandon was even bigger than the place I grew up in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a little different. You know, there's so many people. Everyone's on top of each other. Um, and it's just a big city. I mean, the traffic is is crazy here and just, yeah, it's an adjustment. The lifestyle is different and it definitely has like a different feeling when you come out here. But, um, I mean, I can't think of too many better places, if any, to play in the NHL and even this American, our American league setup, um, to be right here too is, is, I mean, we're lucky. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's nice. It's really nice. You know, you've played a lot of meaningful hockey. You've been on a couple of the world junior teams, uh, of course, the, the championship winning team. But let's go back to to, to to the start here, Kale. Back in 2013-14, you come on in, you play a couple of games with the Wee Kings as a 15-year-old. What was some of your first uh, experiences? What are some of your first memories uh, of walking into the building here? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought, I mean, I was really excited uh, growing up by... Uh, uh, I'd always knew I wanted to play in the Western League. My dad played in the Western League. And um, when I got drafted to Brandon, I was super thrilled. Um, I knew Nolan and Tanner. And I was super pumped that we got all chosen to go to Brandon together. And um, yeah, I mean, some of my early memories from just thinking back, just that first training camp when I was 15, not really expecting anything, knowing I was going to be going back to to Midget. And, uh, and then we had... I think it was Pooley and I don't know if there was injuries or what had happened, but there were some guys at NHL camps. I know Pooley was gone. Um, and then, yeah, Kelly just basically said like, you're going to start the season with us, like the first two games or whatever. Uh, the first one was away in Moose Jaw. And then, yeah, I think the second one was at back at home in Brandon. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was just really excited. I just like, cause like I said, I didn't expect that. And uh you know, I'd, I had hoped that that season, because I think, what, you can get five games, right? Five games yep. is the max for 15-year-old. Um, I had hoped that I had gotten those five at some point that season, but to start the season there, it was really cool and really special, and that's kind of my first first memories, I guess. So your dad, you mentioned your dad. Now, he was a goalie uh, and played in Regina and Red Deer and then went on to play in the CIS with the University of Regina. So when your dad's a goaltender... Uh, how much as a kid, did you want to be a goalie? Did you ever want to be a goalie or did he say, no, you got to do something else because the equipment it's too expensive and hard to cart around. Cause I know my dad wasn't overly happy when I said I wanted to be a goalie. So what was that conversation with your dad? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he didn't push me in any direction. Um, I, I know early on, um, I can't remember how, what age that is, but you know, when you can kind of pick and choose, you know, each like guys rotate who's goalie game to game. Um, I remember because my dad was the coach, so we would always take the gear home, whoever was playing. Um, after whoever played or whatever, we'd always take the gear. And uh, I had always wanted him to shoot on me um, in the driveway and stuff. I thought it was super cool to be goalie off the ice kind of thing. But then every time it came down to actually playing on the ice, like I never, not once did I ever want want to go in that. <laughs> You're but, I always, but I always wanted to off the ice. So I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even try goalie in, uh, on the ice in a real game when I was younger. So I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just didn't, uh, see the interest in taking pucks off the head, I guess. <laughs> in theory, in theory, it must have sounded fun, but in, 
in mm. reality, maybe maybe not quite so much. Uh, yeah, you you mentioned that uh, when you when you came here, you kind of had a previous relationship uh, with uh, with Caspic and Nolan Patrick. One of my favorite photos in the last few years is what we like to call the captain's photo around here. That's when the three mm. of you guys got to go to the U17s and you each captain your own version of Team Canada. Uh, what mm. was what was what was that experience like? And like, what a time for Weeking fans to look back on, knowing you know how big of an important part you guys were of our of our team going forward at that time. Yeah, I mean, that was really cool. The fact that, yeah, I mean, I think we just got lucky that that worked out. And um, that was obviously, you know, it's obviously really cool to represent your country um, anytime you can. And um, and then to be recognized as like a captain of your team is obviously an honor. And, um, you know, seeing those guys get to be captains as well and then just kind of getting that photo was super cool. Um, yeah, and then, you know, just all obviously we're all really close and I, I keep in touch with those guys a lot still. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool. It how was, really cool. how was the, how was the beaking after that tournament, after all the standings were said and done? Were you guys trying to one up each other? Well, sorry, say that again. Say that again. Like after the tournament was done, were you guys like, like beaking each other about whose team finished better? Oh yeah. I honestly, that tournament was so bad for Canada. I, I, I can't remember the exact standings, but, um, how we finished out, but I want to say we were like five, six, seven, or something. Oh, <laughs> I, I can't remember. We'd have to pull that up, but I, I know for a fact that it wasn't it wasn't a good showing for any any Canadian team that tournament. Unfortunately, um, yeah. So the next year, obviously, is the big year uh, in your career, and I know that you know people can say you know the World Juniors puts you on the stage, but you have to think playing twenty-one playoff games all the way to a championship, uh, you know, in Seattle, that has to be a major factor in getting NHL teams to start paying attention to who you are. So, you know, what do you remember from that championship season? And I know it was a long season and and everything that went on, but. Was there a moment during that year where you guys all realized, hey, we might have a shot at this thing? Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, first and foremost, we were all such a close group that year. And um, I don't, I've never been on a team that was closer than that group was. And um, just being able to play with all those great players, you know, there's so many great players that are on that team, like Provra, Patrick, Kaspik, uh, Quenville. Powerlick, you know, all the, all these guys, um, you know, lots of guys in the NHL from that team, obviously, um, a lot of great friendships were made and, um, yeah, I mean, it was such a, it was such a fun time, such a fun year. And like you said, it was a, it was a big turning point for me. Obviously that was my draft year and, um, I got to play that many games and showcase myself for that long and be on a winning team. Um, that, that, you know, that goes a long way, obviously. And, and then just being able to watch guys like Provi every day and, and, you know, he was, he was an amazing player to kind of play with and learn from. So, um, yeah, I know that I'll never forget that season. That was an incredible season. I mean, we were just talking about that actually in the poster is still sitting right behind me here. We're looking at it earlier yeah. just being like, man, look at all these guys and where they are now. Like that really was an incredible run. Um, mm-hmm. it, I know that, you know, it was obviously not one of the, one of the more fondest times here, but, uh, when you found out that you got traded, from here to Moose John, that you're going to be a warrior. Um, it couldn't have felt good at the time to have to leave your friends. But in the grand scheme of things, Kale, is it almost a little bit nice to know that in return, the team got like a bounty? I don't know if you've, if you've ever even really looked into it. Me and Crow, we love talking about this in the podcast about, you know, when players do move on, about if we do win the trade. We're looking at the I got list, it written down right here on that this year. Pad. I got it in front of me too. That, that, yeah, that, that year, just you going to Moose John, and Tanner going to Victoria. You got Luca Burzan, Chase Harchie, Ty Thorpe, Johnny Lambos, and all the picks ended up being Rorsma, Danielson, Highland, um, plus the two first rounders coming up this year. So I know that it was really like not a great moment to be traded, but is there something about that when you look and you're like, man, you know, the the team gave up a lot for me to go there. Was that something mm-hmm. special at least? Yeah, I mean, at the time, I I just I was having such a fun, you know. I was having such a fun year with the group of guys that we had in Brandon. And uh, and then just coming back from World Juniors, I was excited to get back with the guys and finish the season and, um, you know, see what would happen. You know, I thought I thought in my mind that we had a, a solid team that if we were to trade for a few a few more guys, that I thought we could have been really good. Um, 
so that that was kind of where I was at. But I, at the same time, like you said, like all those assets, um, you know, just thinking back, you have to put yourself in like a GM's shoes and from their standpoint, like it would have been, it would have been silly not to, not to do the trade um, for everything that, you know, Brandon got back in return. And uh, it kind of sets, kind of sets Brandon up. You know, well, realistically, well, Kale, five, you talked about the players the on the team this year. We're all part of that. Yeah. Like, Sorry, say that again. I said five, five guys who were on the team playing this year are direct results of the, of those two trades that year. Plus we still have, yeah. plus you still have the, the two first rounders coming up. So yeah, no, it's still paying mm-hmm. dividends years, years and after. What, what, what were you saying there, Crow? Well, I, I was just going to say that realistically, Kale, you know, if this Brandon team in the next five years or four years, wins another championship. I mean, you can sit back in your apartment and kind of chuckle thinking, Hey, I, whether I enjoyed it or not, I'm playing a small part in that because mm-hmm. when you look at what is brought in, it's crazy to think. And it, I, I'm glad to hear you say that, uh, that you ha- had a chance to look back at it as a, you know, as a GM and realize that it made sense at the time, because I know how upset, you know, you were and, and how everybody was in Brandon. But when you go through a trade like that, you know, at the junior level, um, that you, you really have no other choice, but to, to man up and, and, you know, just carry on and play. So was that really the first time you'd ever faced a ton of adversity in your career? Because I mean, you grew up in the whole Lloyd Minster system and then came straight into Brandon. So was that mm-hmm. the first time you ever had any real kind of troubled waters you had to navigate through? Yeah. In terms of just change of scenery and just getting comfortable with other people immediately and having to perform and that kind of thing. I think the the trade experience was a good thing that it happened, you know, especially coming into pro, like you never know what's going to happen. And, um, you know, I could be traded in the off season. I could be traded, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. And I think having that experience of being traded and moved to a different, different team, different organization, I think that's going to go a long way. If just knowing, um, you know, if something ever did happen, if something, you know, if I ever did get traded in my, my career, whatever the case might be, um, that I kind of, you know, I've done that before and I've been in that situation before and, you know, it's a little bit more comforting, I guess. Um, yeah. While, while you were talking, I, I, I looked back at the 2014 U17 and you were right. You guys finished five, six and seven. So it yeah. wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the best showing for team. Canada Not the best the going. No. <laughs> no. Now let's go back to your first NHL game. Uh, and I believe it was in Buffalo. Uh, back in December of 2019, uh, this was kind of before all of you know the COVID stuff and everything else. So, were you able to fly your family in? Did you have enough warning? Uh, were you able to get a few buddies into the arena? And what do you remember from that day and your first NHL game? Yeah, I mean, I so I got called up. Um, I can't remember what day it was, but I got called up and I, I went to Boston. We went to Columbus. I got scratched. I think two. I sat for maybe two games prior to my actual debut. Um, so I was just kind of waiting to, to hear and see what was going to happen, if I was going to get in or, or what was going to happen. But um, they let me, I mean, I kind of knew that I was playing the night before. So my family, because they were in Calgary, and Buffalo is kind of a weird place to get to. So they, what they did was uh, they flew to Toronto and, uh, and then they drove out to Buffalo. And so my mom and dad and sister and um, her now husband, uh, they were able to make it. And uh, and then my girlfriend, uh, she lives with me out here in L.A. She was able to make it as well. So um, that was really exciting. I was super pumped that they could they could all make it out. And I mean, yeah, it was a little short notice, but um, I'm just really happy that they all got to make it out. So what do you remember from that day? Was it all a blur or what what are some things that stand out? Uh, I mean, it's a little bit of a blur, I guess. I was just pumped. I was just excited. Um, you know, I didn't have any NHL experience my first year, and you know, I felt like uh, I felt like I was trending in the right direction to get that opportunity. And you know, when that time came, it was halfway through my second year, um, and when that time time came, I felt ready. And I just, yeah, I was really excited. I was nervous. Um, the warm up, like when I went out for warm ups, I was super nervous. And starting the game, I wanted to touch the puck early on to to get the nerves out and um but no i thought i thought i played well i think i ended up playing um maybe 17 and a half minutes or something like that and i mean i thought i played really well and thought it was a good first first game 
And then this past season, you get your first NHL points. And what was that like? What was the very first point that you got? Was it a primary assist, a second assist? Uh, it was a secondary assist. Um, I just probably chiseled it knowing you. <laughs> What's that? You probably chiseled it. You went by the timekeeper's yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yelling my name. <laughs> no, uh, um, no, I just rushed the puck up and kicked it out on the entry to Adrian Kempe, and then he kind of threw it at the net, and I think it hit Kopitar and went in. So that was kind of my that was my first one. Now, obviously, you mentioned Kopitar. Uh, some of the legends that you've had a chance to both attend camp and play with, and Kopitar is one of them, and Jonathan Quick and Drew Doughty on the back end. I mean, these are all guys that I'm sure you looked up to kind of growing up through the junior system. So uh, what was that like the first time, you know, you, you, you passed the puck around with Drew Doughty in practice? I mean, it's got to be kind of a cool feeling. Yeah, it's cool. Like you said, um, you know, I, I grew up watching Doughty and those guys, and, um, you know, obviously I'm a defenseman, so I'm, I pay more attention to, to Drew, you know, when I was growing up. Um, you know, he's been one of the best defensemen in the league for a long time. And, you know, I, I feel like every young kid, when they're, if they're a defenseman growing up, they want it to be like Drew Doughty or, you know, whoever it, whoever it is. But he's definitely in that category. And you have to be able to go out there with him and just to see how hard he competes every day. Um, like this guy is a competitor and, that's what makes him the best. He, uh, you know, he's so good. He thinks the game so well. And yeah, it's just really impressive to be able to watch him navigate his way through a season, you know, day to day. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, I've been, I think I've been fortunate to be able to watch and play, play with a guy like that. So Kale, throughout your career right now, if you got to pick one guy to be, uh, sharing a blue line with who, who's your ideal D partner? out of anybody that, that you've played with? And, uh, part B, anybody else in the NHL that you would love to uh, maybe partner up with one day? I'd probably just say Dowdy. Um, he's, uh, like I said, he's just, you know, he's one of the best, and uh, he's so smart, 200-foot player, complete player. Um, you know, I've, I've had the chance to, I've never played a full game with him when I've been up, but there's been, you know, shifts and stuff that I've taken with him, and He's always in the right spots. He makes your life so easy. He's so loud on the ice. Um, so you always know where he is. And, um, you know, he's always finding you. You know, he's just, yeah, he just makes it really easy on you just with how loud he is and is that how he thinks part of game. kind of learning your game is like seeing that and knowing that, you know, how loud and vocal he is and controlling the game that you can take that? Have, have you yeah, do more of that yourself? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely something I've learned from him is just to be, be loud and how much easier it makes um, me, how much easier life is on your partner. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd pick him. He's yeah, he's, he's awesome. He just had an amazing season this year. You know, I think one of the best I've seen in a long time and um, just from, you know, watching him and um, yeah, I, you know, I was seeing stuff. He was doing stuff this year that um, I hadn't really seen him do in the last few years. And I watch him pretty closely and, um, you know, I, things that he was doing when I was growing up watching him. So that was pretty cool. And yeah, he, he's, I'd, I'd, I'd choose true for sure. So last night, uh, the Ontario rain, you guys put up a, a nine spot on the Tucson Roadrunners, but it was a Brandon Wheat King point night because you had three assists last night and Ben McCartney had a couple of assists. Uh, mm-hmm. did he, did, uh, did cart say anything to you on the ice or, I mean, you guys had, you know, obviously you guys went to camps together and played together for a little bit. So, uh, did you, did he try and run you through the end of the rink in typical Ben McCartney fashion? No, I mean, I, we just said hi to each other out there. I gave him a little tap on the shins and that was basically it, but no, that was pretty cool to see him playing. Um, yeah, like you said, played with him for a little bit and Brandon, really good player. And, you know, he looked, you know, in the two games this weekend, he looked, you know, like he fit right in and he was playing well. So that was really cool to see. What's been your favorite running with any former teammates so far in pro hockey? Has there been anyone that, that, that maybe hasn't been quite so friendly? No, I don't think, I don't think there's been one that hasn't been friendly. Um, Cro- I think my favorite is just seeing Caspi, I guess. Caspi. Uh, yeah. I played against him, um, you know, a few times when, you know, he, he's been in San Antonio, obviously. And so we've, we've met up a few times and played against each other. So that was cool. Obviously, we're really close. And, 
you know, best of friends and branded and stuff. So, um, that was probably my, my favorite. It so wasn't far. you guys who fought, was it? Who, who was it that fought? There was like two. Uh, like, oh, it was, uh, it was Duker, Duker and Kathy. That <laughs> yes, that's who it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what was the group chat like after that, after those two dropped the mitts? Oh, I, I, I can't remember what happened. I think, I think someone sent Duker a message and we were just kind of laughing about it after. Um, yeah, no hard feelings, obviously. <laughs> Who's the toughest guy in, you know, either your, your handful of games in the NHL or in the American Hockey League? Who's the toughest guy to defend one-on-one? Like, if there's a guy coming down on you and you're like, oh, no, this is, this is going to be trouble. Who is it? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just from the games that I played in the NHL this year, played against Colorado, Vegas, those types of teams. Um, I mean, Nathan McKinnon is, you know, like when he's coming down full, full speed, um, like he's so strong, so power, like such a power, powerful skater. Um, obviously really skilled. I mean, I'd have to say probably him if, if he's coming down full speed, you know, from the guys that I've played against and seen live, um, I'd say he'd probably be the toughest. So let's talk a little bit about your playoff situation here. So in the mm-hmm. Pacific, it's going to be a play-in series. So San Jose plays Tucson, and yeah. you guys play the Colorado Eagles, Luca Berzan's uh, club. And yeah. so the winners of those will play each other, and right. then the winner of that game will play the Henderson Silver Knights in a best-of-three semifinal well, on the other side, it's Bakersfield and San Diego. So it's kind of like a bit of a college-type play-in situation. But you're one of the only divisions doing this. Am, am I right? Like, is this – what's the conversation like this about in the locker room? Are you happy you're still playing? Are you – I mean, is it kind of just weird? Or, like, what are you guys talking about when you're looking ahead to, to tomorrow night? I mean, I think, you know, we're all really happy. Um, we talked about – we talked about, you know, just thinking – we had a meeting this morning just thinking about where we were last year and, you know, how much we'd like to be playing, you know, last year at this time and we're all in lockdown and whatnot. So, you know, we're happy to continue playing games with a shortened season and stuff. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be intense. Uh, you know, like a sudden death games, those, these playing games, you know, tomorrow's going to be intense. It's like a game seven. So, um, it'll be good to get some experience. You know, our team is really young, lots of young prospects. Um, so that's going to be awesome for, for everyone to get that experience. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of hockey. If you go, you know, if, you know, we go the whole way, it's going to be a lot of hockey. And if I, th- I think I was looking at it, um, if we, pl- we, if we played every possible game, I think it's like 10 games in 14 days or something like that. So Hopefully. it's going to be, it's going to be, it's, I mean, it's going to be a lot. So it reminds yeah. me of that, of that, uh, classic quote from the movie basketball, when Dan Patrick is trying to explain about how the postseason is going to work out. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. so in order, they lost his victory over Boston. They got to beat the Milwaukee Beers in order for Indianapolis to advance over. <laughs> and they got moved uh-huh. down to the South Division over the West Division. That's kind of <laughs> what it sounds like. It's a lot like yeah. the QMJHL as well, just hockey for the sake of hockey. But at the same time, as, as, as we saw in the hub, if you tell guys that they're playing for even just pride and you put them against each other, you mm. you got you, you guys seem to have that that uh, you guys I mean hockey players seem to have that that uh, that what do you want to call it sports spirit drive that, yeah the competitive yeah. drive that you just want to play for the win even if it is just yeah just just for that yeah yeah exactly it's gonna be it'll be good no matter what you know once the puck drops um, you know each team is gonna want to win so um, you know we're excited to play and. Yeah, and then just touching, I missed your point there. Um, yeah, so our division, we are the only division that's doing it. Um, you know, obviously there's no Calder Cup playoffs. So I, I don't know. I don't even know how this got, this, this came to, to be honest with you. I don't know how it came to, but I think, uh, the GMs in the West, I guess, must have collaborated and, you know, wanted to get more experience for us and that playoff type experience, I guess. And yeah, it just worked out this way. So. Play, play some more games. Well, we know you got to prepare for that, so we'll finish off with our uh, kind of rapid-fire segment. We'll just throw some random kind of questions at you. Brandon fans will kind of want to know what's going on in the world of Kale Clegg away from the rink. So uh, I'll start. What's got, your, what's got your attention away from hockey? I know you guys have a busy schedule, but what are you doing on your off days uh, out in California? Yeah, we like to go to the beach. Um, 
you know, the water and beach is really close, five minute drive. So it's really easy. If it's a nice day, the sun's out shining. It's really easy to just get in the car and go to the beach for the day. So what do you do? do that? Though? Are you, are you sun tanning? Um, are you swimming? Are you, are you going on the surfboard? What are you doing out there? No, I'm not really swimming. It's, I mean, cause in the winter, it's still kind of like the water's really cold. In the wintertime, I mean, the sun's still shining and stuff, but the water's super cold. Even it's for not a really Canadian? Swimming, but more just relaxing. What's You're, that? I said, even for a Canadian? Come on. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cold in the winter, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I have tried surfing twice without, you know, a typical athlete. think you can do everything. No instructions or no uh, lessons. Uh, I go out there and on a surfboard and just get swallowed up by waves, and I haven't been back since. So, <laughs> I, I I would like to uh, get some lessons and and you know learn how to surf. There's Alex I follow on the Kings. He's really into surfing. He surfs, I think you know whenever he can. Really, every single off day, I'm pretty sure. And he's he's gotten pretty good over the last couple of years. He's been here, so I think that's really cool. But yeah, other than that, you know, just tour around a little bit. There's lots of different parts of LA that you know, are fun to go walk around and, and kind of see. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a typical off day, I guess. What's your go-to video game as of late? I don't play video games. I don't, that might be shocking, but what about I, your Twitter uh, page selling PS fives? Yeah, <laughs> we got to yeah. talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just woke up one day and, um, you know, I got an email saying that someone had changed my, email to my Twitter account and uh and then so I you know sent Twitter a note saying that I was hacked and then I followed it on my girlfriend's page and sure enough I'm the new PlayStation so trying to sell PlayStations. So uh but yeah no I got that back. That's all under control. Well, okay. yeah, no, I'm not a I'm not a video game guy at all. I uh I had an Xbox when I was younger and I, I sold it when I was in Brandon. I think I was you know sixteen or seventeen sold it, didn't use it. And I haven't played a video game. I'll play the odd time if, you know, I'm at a buddy's house and we're kind of just hanging out. Like when I was living with Caspi and Brandon, we'd play and stuff. But, you know, in terms of playing on my own, I don't, I don't play video games. Have you had any run-ins or not run-ins, but have you, have you had any celebrity sightings while walking around or if you're out for dinner with your girlfriend or anything? Like, has anybody that's kind of made you double take sit down at the table next to you or anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I think it was last season I was out for dinner and Scotty Pippen was there. So that was kind of, that was one that I saw. Um, I was at a grocery store and saw, um, oh, I'm blanking out, uh, Reese Witherspoon. Um, won't see her and Brandon at the Safeway. <laughs> no, you won't see her and Brandon at the Safeway. <laughs> um, who else? Joe Jonas at the Dodgers game. Um, well, and then just some other, like I've seen some like TikTokers and stuff this year. It's been kind of funny, I guess. So do you go to many ball games or is that like, is that something you enjoy? Yeah. I mean, not this year just because of the restrictions and stuff. But uh, yeah, in the past I've been to lots of Dodger games and uh, um, Laker games. Laker games are so fun. The crowds are awesome. Um, yeah. It's quite an experience at Laker games. Well, good luck the rest of the way. And uh, I know uh, Brandon fans, uh, with all the connections out there in uh, all of those specific teams, especially the Henderson Silver Knights, Burzan in Colorado, you know, Benny in Tucson, there's a lot of Brandon fans paying attention to what's going on. So good luck and enjoy it. Yeah, thank you. No, I will for sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks again to Kale Clegg for joining us this week on the Weekly Harvest presented by Coors Light, the official beer of the Brandon Wee Kings. Please drink responsibly. Again, all the episodes online at qcountryfm.ca. Q Country, the official home of the Brandon Wee Kings. Crow, a few weeks ago, uh, we had, uh, I say a few weeks ago, man, maybe it was even like a month ago or two now. Time means nothing. Time means anymore. nothing anymore. But uh, a little while ago, we had Matt Doherty on the podcast who uh, played Averman in the original uh, Mighty Duck trilogy. And we were talking about Mighty Duck Game Changers on Disney+. Plus. My boys and me have... Uh, we've been into it. We've been watching the new episodes every week. They come out on Fridays. Have you had a chance to uh, to watch them yet? And have you got to the reunion episode yet? I haven't because of the simple fact that I wanted to wait for them all to come out. And then I would binge them all at once. I remember you I saying have a, that. I have, a, I have a really hard time waiting a week for an episode. Like... 
the fact that I grew up in the nineties is shocking because I had to wait for shows. No patience uh, back then. So I hate it. I have no patience for it. I am like a, if I get it in my head that I want to watch it right now, like I have to watch it right now. So I'm waiting for them all to season one to be done. Actually, I have been doing a lot of other Mighty Duck stuff. I've been listening to the Quack Attack podcast, which of course is where I got the contact info for Matt and got him onto our show. And actually, Stephen Brill, uh, who is the original creator and writer for the Mighty Ducks and now, of course, a big part of the Game Changers, he was on the Chirp podcast with Darren Millard this week, or this week, no, last, last week, week uh, yep. talking about, uh, talking about the Mighty Ducks and everything there too. So I've been, uh, I've been watching everything but the actual episodes. And once the final season finale is, uh, up, then I will, uh, then I'll start them. I'll probably start at like 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning and crush them all in a row. That's probably what I'll end up doing. And then I'll give you a full, full, uh, replay of, of everything that I saw. It's definitely different than what I thought it would be. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, we've been, like I said, we've still been into it every single week. So I'm excited that, uh, you know what? If we're going to keep the podcast going, if anything, just to get your thoughts on the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> we'll have an emergency Mighty that. Ducks podcast. A five minute edition, 10 minute edition. Hold on. We got your close thoughts on the, on, on the show here. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> Mighty Ducks game changers. We don't uh, even really nice have, show. like, honestly, at this point, we're kind of like, I feel like we're kind of like the spit and chicklets guys now where we're kind of just like RA wants to end the episode, but wit and biz just keep talking about nothingness and it just carries on for like 25 more minutes. Uh, okay. Well, I'll well ask I, you mean, this well, we talk- I was going to ask you, who do you have coming out of each division in the NHL playoffs? Give me, give me your NHL division winners. Okay. Uh, Tampa fair vegas toronto oh. oh i don't want to say it i of course i want it to be winnipeg i really do of course but um i hope that they choke like they always do but probably toronto sorry darren richie um <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. uh and the other division probably washington probably washington and i say yeah. that knowing full well that as of right now i know they're up one nothing in the series and they're winning this game as well so um, but, uh, uh, okay. So how I, you? I actually, I like Tampa, but I'm not, I'm not going to sleep on the Carolina hurricanes. Uh, to me, the Carolina hurricanes are going to give Tampa a run for their money. So I'm going to say Carolina, okay. uh, Vegas, if they can figure out how to score a goal. Um, I'm going to go Edmonton out of the North. Okay. And I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you and go with Washington too, because I like TJ Oshie. I think Ovi is, the most intense human being on the face of the planet right now. I mean, I wouldn't even want to be the parking guy that has to like park Ovi's car because I feel like Ovi comes flying into the parking lot at like 40 mile an hour and just hits the brakes and leaves his car where he is. Cause he's that focused on getting into the rink. Like if you see some of the pregame stuff he does, like with his warmups and the way he comes out on the ice, like he's a scary human being. So uh, I got Washington there as well, but if I had to come down to a final, I think it, it might be a rematch. I think it could be a Washington-Vegas rematch, if that's possible. Yeah, that's really what... interesting is that we both, and I mean, I, I know that we're both a little bit of you know, Vegas fanboys at times. Maybe that's why we both said them you know, without even hesitating. But you, we're both sleeping on the Colorado Avalanche instantly. I mean, who just yeah. won the President's Trophy? But, uh, I mean, I know there are a lot of other picks that I've seen uh, online to go all the way. But, yeah, I just got this feeling about Vegas and playoff hockey with, 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 the, st- with the style they play. And if it goes in a series, I just won't like to think that, that, that they're going to be one of the ones to come on top. Um, yeah, how amazing would it be, though, yeah, to have you know, Vegas go, go all the way again as an expansion uh, to franchise? To me, Marc-Andre Fleury is... That story, 15 consecutive seasons... For the you know for Flower to do that, forget best goalie in the league. He's putting himself right up there with one of the best goalies of all time. I mean, his numbers, of course, now proven it. But uh, what 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 he's done is like basically have a second career in Vegas. Uh, you know, he had a Hall of Fame, much like they talk about, um, like how like Michael Jordan had a couple of different Hall of Fame careers throughout his, his you know stop. If you break down his years in spurts. Mark Andre is doing the same thing. They oh, look at his early Pittsburgh years to his later Pittsburgh years and now into Vegas. I mean, he, he he's just been 
an amazing story. And him and Leonard and everything that they've done together uh, this this season has been a lot of fun. So yeah, go go Vegas, go in the playoffs for sure. That would be if I'm pick one team to go all the way. You, you know, you said the four winners uh, for division, but for me, I'm I'm really rooting for Vegas. I think that this yeah. is going to be the year. I'm just all in I'm on with them. You. There's just something about it, and obviously, you and I, of course, the relationship with with Kelly, but. You know, it goes further than that, like Darren Millard and, and Gary Lawless and, you know, Shane Nidies from Nipua. And, and, you know, Shane was the original reason I became a hockey fan. I mean, I was growing up in Nipua. He was playing for Ottawa at the time. I've got his jersey somewhere in this in this house. Um, you know, uh, he's from Nipua. His his mom was my lunch lady in school and his dad sharpened my skates. And, you know, you look at Bobby Lowe's and, of course, Ryan Reeves and, you know, everything, all the connections there. It's hard for a guy like me and a guy like you that are kind of around it a lot. Uh, to not be fans of them. So yeah. I know people give me the gears all the time. Oh, you're you're a Winnipeg fan. Well, yes, I am. But if at the end of the day, um, I, I, I for the longest time, I knew where my bread was buttered. Let's just say it that way. <laughs> I knew coming to work when Kelly McCrimmon was still the owner that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, what he said goes. So <laughs> I had to make sure that I was cheering for the right team. So when, uh, when I was younger, too, when I would hear people say that they would cheer for people and not teams, I thought that was such a cop out. Like, ah, uh, yeah. come on, you just don't want to cheer for a team because if they lose, or you're not, you know, you're not a fan, you're not dedicated. Then when you start to, you know, of course, work in hockey, and you know, we talk to all these people and get to meet them, all of a sudden it's not just like this like crazy thing that you can have this this line and this rival you really do start to cheer for people yes there's still some teams just you know like i'll always give toronto grief i'll always give montreal grief um just because that's just sometimes how you're raised right like uh but uh and that's no excuse because that's how racism starts not to get serious <laughs> but, hey, <laughs> it's like a sports breath, form of racism but um but What's yeah that called sports sportsism sportsism Did we just invent a word yeah but uh um, but when you start to cheer for people and you get to know them, all of a sudden, somebody like me, who I, I never liked the Philadelphia Flyers. As an Ottawa fan, there were some great you know, rivalries back in the day there. A lot of fights in the early 2000s. Um, did not like that team. I love Ivan Provorov. He's my favorite Wee King. Nolan Patrick. You got, uh, at the time, a couple of years ago, Ron Hextall. You got all those connections, and I was like, I like it when Philly wins because I like those guys to do well. You know, Sanheim, he's from the area. I uh, know him. It's like you start to cheer for actual people, right? So yeah. whoever goes in the playoffs, definitely cheering for, you know, for, for all those people. But if I had to pick a team, Vegas would definitely be the ones. And, and on the top of that, like cheering for a people thing, I'm with you. I didn't think that was a thing, really. Like I, I was always the same way. Like you're either a team fan or you're not. But over the last few years, especially, I've really come to embrace that. And my wife's a perfect example. I mean, she's a hockey player. She played Division One. I. I mean, she she has a more stuff in the trophy case than I ever will. And she loves hockey too, but she won't watch a game unless it's Vegas playing because of Zach Whitecloud. And obviously, Zach, you know, played in Verdon when her and I both worked for the Oil Caps in consecutive years. Um, you know, he's he's always been so kind to to her and to me, and you know checking in, stopping by, dropping off gear and clothes. And uh, she golfed with him at a event. Uh, I think it was Matt Calvert's tournament. And, you know, she just has a, she just fangirls a little bit for Zach Whitecloud. And, you know, she kind of breaks down his game a little bit. She was a defenseman. He's a defenseman. So, I mean, McDavid and Matthews could be playing on TV and she won't put down her book. But the second I flip on the Vegas game and she hears Dave Gosher on the TV, she'll put the book down and start critiquing Zach Whitecloud's game. So, uh, we're a Vegas house for sure, but I mean, we do cheer for Winnipeg too. So, uh, playoffs is the best time of year. Uh, before I forget, uh, the AHL, we talked about the playoffs, uh, there in the Pacific Division. Lots of former Weekings. You can get AHL TV for $14.99. Very similar to the hub, uh, WHL webcast that you guys had. I have AHL TV. It's great. Uh, some pretty funny announcers. The American guys are pretty funny. Uh, so if you want to watch a little extra hockey and check out Ben McCartney, Kale Clegg, uh, Luca Burzan, Logan Thompson, Reed Duke, those guys. Uh, check out AHL TV. It's currently on sale, all access, fourteen ninety nine. So, bit of a free plug there for the AHL webcast. But uh, yeah, that's all I got for this week. Awesome. I, uh, you know, not only does your wife uh, uh, do that, but apparently she also clothes you as well. Because isn't that a Robert Morris oh, yeah, shirt that, that, that you're wearing? Is it is okay. totally for the TV people. I'm going to show this. You might have to. You don't thought, have to blur it out. No. It says. Uh, Fill our mugs and save our jugs. It was a breast cancer uh, fundraiser where they were bartenders and they had to put tips in the jugs. Fill so, our mugs to save our jugs. That's fill good. our mugs and save our jugs. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> I have uh, 
I don't know why, but I feel like her equipment manager at Robert Morris thought that she was a lot larger than she actually is. Like she's like five foot. The shirt, like all I have so many shirts, shorts. There's like track suits that I can wear, and I'm like six foot, two hundred and forty pounds, and she's like five eight and one hundred and thirty pounds. So she just has boxes of stuff that she's never even wore because it was too big. So I uh, I wear it and yeah, it fills me out. I don't have to buy clothes. (laughs) So. It, it the Wheat Kings, her college team, and stuff I pick up at the thrift store, I am set. <laughs> there you go. Luckily, I just got lots of uh, Billy's Beef stuff and Wheat King stuff around here. So oh, yeah. Speaking of Billy's Beef, I got to find him because he told me, because I was kind of the runner uh, in the hub, and I was getting those guys groceries and butters and whatever else they needed. And uh, Billy told me that he was going to hook me up some of those uh, sausage thingies that you were talking about a couple episodes back. Those, what were you talking The garlic? Yep. What were you? Is that what it was? Yeah, the sausage, yeah. Yeah, so he said he was going to help me out with that. I think I'm going to have to send him a text. I'm going to have to get get on that. Nice. Do that up. Everybody, thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, we will talk to you again next week. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. We'll keep you in the loop. This is going to be the big cliffhanger. Will we yeah. return? Be sure to follow Q Country and the Wheat Kings on Twitter and Facebook for all your Brandon Wheat Kings news. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Harvest. I don't know. We'll just leave it at that. Bye.